Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Four Podcast, episode 173. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. Although I will say, like, th- so I'm recording this on like a Sunday evening. This whole Sunday has just been like shot for me. I've been like weirdly, I don't know, groggy and exhausted feeling all day. I haven't done anything. <laughs> so so it's like it's like i don't know i've kind of wasted all of today so i feel like this podcast might end up being a little uh low-key for the most part in terms of the things or like how i discuss these things but we'll, we'll see how it goes uh anyways though i do have a good chunk of stuff to talk about a good mix of stuff i've been playing as well as uh you know new stuff going on you know to- tokyo game shows going on so there's definitely things that are relevant to me uh, you know, happening in the news space right now. But to, to start with stuff I played uh, mostly this weekend, I I went ahead and picked up and played uh, Double Dragon Neon. So I played that with a friend, and kind of the caveat here is that that friend I played it with had already kind of 100% the game, and that game has like a level up system and everything when it comes to your character. So it was really imbalanced. Um, so like the, for the most part, it was pretty much just a me walking through the environment, punching a few things, and then he would just like immediately kill everything in like two or three hits. So it was it was maybe not the best representation or the best way to play that game and, and kind of represent its gameplay uh, in my experience. So I probably won't do anything surrounding the game because I feel like I didn't really get a real experience and, and playing that game, but it was fun to just kind of like, you know, walk through the game, kind of absorb the presentation. That's the one uh, where they kind of did like an 80s vibe with the game. So there's a lot of really, really cool music in that game. That, that's part of the reason why I want to play this game is that the music always stood out to me as like really nice sounding. Um, and and I feel like there's definitely... The, the, the 80s style these days, I think, has, has definitely kind of worn out its welcome in some ways in terms of like video games that going way out of their way to be like, oh, yeah, totally tubular 80s. Is tubular 80s or 90s? I don't know. Anyways, um, you know, I think of stuff like Far Cry Blood Dragon and things like that at that time. Um, but, you know, the fact that it came out in like, you know, I think somewhere between like 2009 and 2012, I can't remember the exact year it came out. I, I think I can kind of give it a pass. Of, I think at that time there wasn't as... That stuff was definitely becoming more popular, but I don't think it was as as nearly overdone at that time. I could be wrong, but but that's my memory of that 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 situation. But yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I just wish I could have to say more about you know the actual combat aspect of the game. But it is you know in some ways it is a beat 'em up. You're gonna sit there and you're just gonna punch stuff. You can throw enemies and things like that, and that's not gonna change too much. Even if you you know are playing that game with somebody who who is the same level of you in terms of gear and stuff like that. There's like a bunch of like different skills you can equip and things like that. But I never found any particular one that really, you know, spoke out to me as like, oh, this is like super effective. It was always just kind of like a nice extra thing to play with, like the ability to like kind of throw bombs, shoot fireballs, uh, do like spin kicks and things like that. But you already have kind of like this spin kick already. So so it all just kind of felt like extra fluff on top of the game rather than like a core part of of kind of the the combat system of Double Dragon Neon. But I enjoyed it overall and I'm I'm glad I got around to actually playing it finally. Um if I do do anything on it in the future, I think what I'd probably do is play it on 360 or PS3 and then record it that way and then just play through it on my own just so I can get like an actual, you know, feeling that I've played that game from start to finish rather than just kind of being, you know, carried through the experience. Uh with that same friend, I also played some Rainbow Six Vegas 2, which I'm a little mixed on. Um so the, when we played it, we didn't do the story mode co-op. We just did the terrorist hunt mode. And I we recently played the terrorist hunt mode in the first game, and I actually really like terrorist hunt mode in, in, in Rainbow Six One, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas One. Um, but 
in this game, I kind of had some trouble. Like, there's some things mechanically about this game that feels better. Like, you have the ability to run in this game. Uh, the cover system feels less janky in a lot of ways. Uh, but the problem I had is that we are playing on Realistic, which we did in the first game. Um, but the AI did not seem as, I don't know if forgiving is the right word, but it felt like the AI just kind of like would snap to you and start shooting in this game versus Rainbow Six One. It felt like you had a lot more flexibility in terms of like, you know, being able to flank guys. Uh, and then when you're like shooting at them, you know, you, you, you weren't in the danger of somebody walking in front of a door and just shotgunning you in the face immediately. It felt like, it felt like there was like a response time that they, they would have at, at firing back at you. Or in the case of Rainbow Six Vegas, like sometimes or Vegas 2, sometimes like an enemy would just like, like you would see them for like a split second and they have already shot you and already killed you kind of thing. So, so it was a little intense in that regard. And then also the cover system felt like, like it, it feels better to use the cover system, but when it comes to the actual prevention of damage, it, it was very easy to just die on cover because it seems like you had a lot of vulnerability to your, your, your shoulder and stuff like that. So you frequently you'd be in cover shooting. And then like, if you get behind cover again, you'd still be getting shot and you'd still be taking damage. And when you're playing on realistic mode where it's like two or three bullets will kill you. Um, there's just not a lot of response time to that. Like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to hide behind cover again, um, you know, the time it takes for you to, you know, get back behind cover uh, is enough time for somebody to kill you. So, so I found myself just kind of, you know, hiding behind walls, but not necessarily using the cover system to stick to them. So it just made it a lot more easier for me to be able to more flexibly move and, and kind of avoid damage that way, rather than kind of, you know, sticking to how long it takes for the animation to play out for me to get back behind cover kind of thing. So I don't know how much more Rainbow Six Vegas we're going to play. I, um, you know, again, we enjoyed the first game and we did the co-op story in that one. But since co-op story in two is only two players, unless I get somebody to set aside time to go through the two players in that, I don't know if I'll bother to, to to finish that. At least not anytime soon, kind of thing. I think I've I think I maybe have played enough Rainbow Six Vegas for now. Uh, I did enjoy it though. Uh, and then I've also been doing competitive Kanagawa Jet Girl still. Um, so I've been enjoying that. I will say, you know, the, the group is small as is. You know, typically we're seeing anywhere between like six to seven players, kind of thing. This week definitely felt like it was a bit quieter, but the people who were playing were were very competitive people. Um, so there wasn't a lot of races where, you know, very clearly there was somebody in the back. Um, it, it was usually everybody's kind of like struggling for that first place position. And, and I think that makes it, makes those races really intense. Um, and I'm starting to learn a lot more about, you know, because it's only like four people, like everybody's different play styles and, and kind of what to look out for if I'm, if I'm like competing with them for the, the very end of a track. Like there's one person in particular that I'm pretty sure they're just like holding onto a rocket launcher until the like last second of the race. And if somebody's there, they just fire that rocket launcher at you <laughs> kind of thing. So, so I've been trying to think of ways to kind of, you know, be prepared to, to to handle him uh when he's when he's at the finish line there's other other players that i know on there that um i can kind of figure out how they're how they're handling their boost and so i think that makes it a lot easier for me to figure out what the best way is to to you know get past having a good time with that it's it's, it's real fun if you're if you have or are interested in picking up jet girls for the ps4 we're still playing at 7 p.m pacific time on saturdays um, you know, again, I said it's a small, tight-knit group, so there's a chance that, you know, a few weeks from now we won't be playing anymore. I don't know for sure. 
I, I will probably continue to try to play at least an hour every week as long as that group is still meeting up with that thing. And then finally, you probably saw, if you come to the streams, you probably saw last week, I, I did a little bit of Jeep Thrill streaming after we finished up Last Rebellion. And uh, I continued that into the weekend. So I went ahead and played pretty much all of Jeep Thrills. Uh, you know, that game's perfectly fine, honestly. Like, as much as I was, like, being, you know, funny about the game, being like, ah, ha, 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 Jeep, Jeep Thrills. Um, Jeep Thrills is a totally fine racing game. It reminds me a lot of like Nintendo 64 racing games, like not particularly unique, but not particularly offensive either. And they all kind of have their own handling. So you kind of have to learn, you know, how the best way is to, to manage corners and things like that. And so uh, I went ahead and recorded a, uh, well, let's just get into this now. I was going to talk about this at the end of the podcast, but um, I went ahead and changed the most recent uh, quick plays to be rebranded as casual reviews for now. If that's the right wording, I don't know yet, but I was able to fit it on a title card. I had to kind of extend it out to make it work, but whatever. So for now, I think the those kind of quick play style videos that I was doing that I that I kind of changed the format of are going to be categorized as casual reviews. I went ahead and made a playlist on the YouTube already and, and kind of surfaced those up in a place you could see them. Uh, so I did one of those for Jeep Thrills, just kind of give that game its fair shake. You know, I, I, I needed to talk about that game in a way that was actually talking about that game rather than just being like yeah jeep thrills man which you know yeah jeep thrills man yeah jeep thrills man but but jeep thrills is a totally all right game and uh maybe you don't really need to play it but but there's something there um just not not a lot there <laughs> in, in a lot of ways so so yeah so that that video is going to go up this week probably uh if you're wondering about the kind of jet girls video i have not worked on it unfortunately um i need to do that i just I kind of have been taking a break from that one because I was having such trouble with the script, or not even the script, me me talking about the game, that I really need to rethink my approach to it. I talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure. I have not looked at it since then, so I really should get that done and out of the way while that game is still alive and kicking for now, because uh, if the multiplayer of that game dies, then, you know... Anything I say about that game probably is kind of moot at that point. <laughs> like Peach Beach Splash. I can talk about Peach Beach Splash all day long on this podcast. But at the end of the day, since nobody's playing online, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Anyways, that's pretty much it for me playing stuff other than just still continuing with the last story. I've not put as much time as I wanted to in it. I might try to put some time in tonight depending on on uh, you know when I finish up this podcast. But we'll 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 see. Um, in terms of news this week, though, uh, I'll get this out of the way because it was something that broke on the thing on Monday last week. So I think the, the conversation has been kind of, you know, you know, ring dry of this topic. But uh, you probably heard Microsoft picked, picked up uh, ZeniMax, which, you know, and for all intents and purposes, I mean, they now own Bethesda at that point and all the IPs associated with that. So Doom, you know, Elder Scrolls, things like that. Um and, you know, I'm not a big Bethesda fan. I can't think of any Bethesda games that I've played off the top of my head. Um, at least nothing that's like, you know, modern and relevant. But but I think that's a really good move overall in terms of, well, I, I mean, I, I don't think I would ever say that that would be a, a bad move per se. I mean, when it comes to the amount of money that was spent, things like that, I have no idea if that's actually worth the amount of money they spent on it kind of thing, right? Um, but, you know, one thing we talked a little bit about last week was I was kind of a little disappointed by the Japanese game situation with Microsoft seeing Final Fantasy 16, you know, becoming a PlayStation console exclusive um, was was a little concerning for me in that regard of of just feeling like Microsoft may may not be doing enough to really alleviate things on the Japanese game side to the point that I would feel like comfortable picking up the console. 
Um, and, you know, this doesn't do anything for me, per se, but I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, given that, that you know, Microsoft's first-party support hasn't quite, you know, been where it needs to be yet, and, you know, they've picked up all these studios, and none of them have really generated anything that has, has become, um, you know, a core first-party title yet that people are really really like something that's real that people can look forward to kind of thing like the early xbox series x you know other than halo infinite coming out sometime next year where there's not really a ton of first party stuff that's really you know j- jumping out and so i think finding more ways that they can differentiate their their platform uh from playstation is is for the best now that's not to say i think i think the comment was going out around with phil spencer saying that there's a chance that these games will appear on the playstation platforms at some point you know whether that be day and date on when the game releases or or at a later time kind of thing um it's kind of just up in the air of what they actually plan to do with this thing you know given that micro giving that, you know, Microsoft has released stuff on other platforms, you know, with Cuphead and things like that on the Switch. I don't think it's completely, you know, uh, it won't be too surprising if they are like, hey, here's, you know, Doom 3. It's on PlayStation 5 as well. Well, new Doom 3, not not old Doom 3. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, here's it on PlayStation 5 as well, day and day. I don't think that'd be, I'd be, I don't think that'd be too surprising, but, you know, I'd really want to know you know, what their plans were, were when they were buying this company um, in that regard as like, are you just looking to get money from, from the sell of these games? Are you mainly just looking to like introduce that library to your Game Pass uh, library? Um, or, or if you're looking to create a, you know, series of exclusives that make it so people are more willing to invest in Xbox, more willing to invest in the PC market, things like that. It's probably a little bit of all of those things, right? So it's probably not any one reason. You probably would not spend $7.5 billion <laughs> just to get everything on Game Pass, right? Um, so I, I think it's an interesting move. I If you had, if you had told me this was happening, um, I probably wouldn't believe you because there's always talks of people buying stuff. Just after this happened, people were talking about Microsoft buying Sega. I really don't see a lot of reason for Microsoft to buy Sega um personally but you know then i guess i can't say say anything too much i also say, saw people saying sony should buy konami which is kind of a weird choice like sure buy konami's ips and brands if you could like i don't think i don't think konami is necessarily talking about selling those ips at this time um but like buying konami as a whole does not seem super valuable in terms of you know people and things like that Pe- the development teams um you know actively developed games and things like that I just it, it, I, I don't know i think i think i think people are a little short-sighted when they're when they're talking about you know companies that that these companies should be buying but again i would have not have expected zenimax to be a, a, a publisher that would have sold you know given the presence they've had in most recent years um you know they're a pretty huge company they have their own e3 pre- presence they have a stage show kind of thing right um, so I was a little surprised by that, but, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I personally have no real, you know, investment in these games. So it doesn't hurt me that they're not coming to place or that there's a potential that they might not come to PlayStation doesn't benefit me that they might be on Xbox, but I think it is a, um, you know, a, a, there's the potential there for Microsoft to differentiate their library even more in a way with titles that I think, um, you know, people have an affinity for, cause I don't feel like Halo Gears of War really have the the punching power that they used to at this time. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe they'll come back and they'll eventually we'll be clamoring for the next Halo as like a triple A AAA big release kind of thing. But I think even Halo Infinite, you know, even the graphics stuff aside of people complaining about the graphics of that game, I don't think people were like particularly super super excited for Halo Infinite outside of particular audience that were or interested in that game. I'm sure it'll sell millions of copies either way, but you know, 
So that's pretty much it for for the more you know mainstream game news there. Um, Tokyo Game Show was this week, so as you expect, there was some stuff that came out that I I definitely was interested in. Uh, one of the things being that they showed off some near replicant remaster remake, whatever you want to call it, gameplay version one point two, some giant numbers, what I think what they're calling it. Um, but but they showed off some gameplay for that, and it definitely looks like a more along the lines of like a near automata in terms of you know being faster paced and you know being more of a um, I don't know the best word for it. I I, I kind of feel like that that battle system is a little you know combo driven battle system. It's a character action kind of games kind of thing. Um, and uh, they did show that like you know you could use the magic while you're attacking and things like that, which you couldn't do in the original game. Um, but it, it wasn't really enough to really you know say too much about that game as a whole right now. Um, uh, for me, I prefer the original Nier's combat over Nier Automata, but it was not like that was not the selling point of that game to me. So I really have no feelings on you know if they change it. Um, I don't like Nier Automata's combat either. Really, like I didn't hate it. It's just not really something I cared about either. So like saying it, we're making it more like that is kind of like okay sure um that being said when it comes to actual people who played near automata uh a lot of people do not like the original nears combat system so so it's probably the smarter move in in that regard right um but they haven't really showed enough about you know structural changes to that game if they're going to show like have any changes to the storytelling um any changes to the dungeons things like that how faithful it's going to be to the original so all that stuff's kind of up in the air still um, I'm still very much keeping an eye on it. I would say I'm not super enthusiastic for it, but I am uh, definitely willing to give it a shot, uh, see see how they handle that game. Um, and, you know, I, I would expect, you know, this is my expectation, is that they would largely be faithful to that original game in terms of structures and concepts and things like that. Um, if they were to remove a lot of the gimmicky stuff in that game rather than just try to, like, polish it up, I think that would concern me more than anything, but I, I, I get the feeling that's probably not going to be the the direction they go with that. But who's maybe I have too much faith in them? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I I, I spent a lot of time uh, when that that press conference happening, kind of bad mouthing Near again because I I'm not a big fan of Near Automata and and the lessons that Yokotaro said that he learned from that game. I highly disagree that the points he made are are positive points. Um, but you know, it's, 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 it's fine. There's always the original Nier. It's always there for me if I need it. <laughs> I think I'm more interested in seeing what they do next with Nier outside of the mobile game. All right. Um, but you know, I'm a big fan of that original Nier game. So if they can make that original Nier game better and keep that, the magic of what made that game really cool and awesome, then Hey, sure. Why not? All right. <laughs> so yeah, I'll probably end up picking it up, I think, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, another like re-release kind of thing going on here is that Galgun is a the original Galgun's finally getting localized. I believe I think only Galgun two ever came out in the the U.S. Um, I think largely because it was a uh, I think it came out on 360 right, and then and then by the time Galgun two came out, they uh, they were on PS4 at that point. I don't I feel like there might have been a Galgun one release on PS3, but I think that was before before you know a lot of those more. I guess sexy style games were kind of gar- not guaranteed to be localized, but more more likely to get localized kind of thing. What's interesting though is that Galgun Returns is coming to Switch, Xbox One, and PC. So no PS4 version, which I think is not surprising per se that there's no PS4 version, uh, but surprising to me that it would go to Xbox uh, in, in that regard. Um, I don't think this is going to be a common trend. 
I could be wrong, but I, 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 I would think that, you know, the fact that this game's coming to Xbox, you know, Inti Creates has been doing some stuff on the Xbox platform with Gunvolt Luminous Avengers G coming out on Xbox. So, so Inti Creates isn't entirely, and you know, the original game being an Xbox 360 game. So I think there is precedence for that to come to Xbox. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this is kind of the first time we've really seen one of these games go to Xbox and then just straight up not go to a PlayStation platform. Um, you know, I've already talked enough on this platform or this podcast about how how Sony is definitely, you know, kind of creating these guidelines for their platform. They don't want to be associated with with, uh, you know, sexual content like that, especially when in the case of Gal Gun is very much like high school girls kind of thing. So you're looking at, you know, potential, you know, portrayal of underage characters as some people would would interpret it even if you technically say like all those characters are actually 18 or something like that right um but but you know i I assume sony is not not cool with that right now uh i but yeah so i'll be curious to see if we see any larger trend with specifically i think coming to switch and pc and then just like straight up skipping ps4 or if we'll be seeing cases where like oni chambara bikini zombie slayers on ps4 where um they just kind of tone down the game as a whole and use that as a way to kind of you know prevent getting shut out from from coming to that platform kind of thing um so i'll be curious to see how that goes i will say this though about gal gun you know i've only ever played uh Gal Gun Double Piece. Now that I think about it, actually, I'm going to roll back a little bit. There's like a Gal Gun 2 and there's a Gal Gun Double Piece. I forgot about this. There's two different games. So I got things mixed up a little bit there. I'm, I'm not a Gal Gun expert. I've only ever played Gal Gun Double Piece uh, and only a brief period of it. And um, I will say Gal Gun Double Piece didn't really... Um, do much for me it, it, it's pretty much just sexy virtue virtue cop um from what i from what i recall from when i played of it briefly you know i, I played it at a, a portland retro game expo i didn't play it like on my own for a specific period of time but it, it has that problem where it focuses a lot on the like you know sexual elements of the game but doesn't really think about what the sexual elements of that game does to the gameplay um and you know again from what i saw from this demo um it just gets in the way in a lot of ways so 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 you know you can you can go and you can do the whole thing where you're like rotating around the girl shooting like different parts of her body and things like that um but it's just there's no real gameplay value to it and it just disrupts the flow of the game in a way that feels unnatural and not very exciting unless you're just like really into the gimmick there of of it being like you know sexual content kind of thing um if, if you want to know like I, I know i talk about you know games like Conda jet girls and things like that and php splash that are that are you know games that do have fan service and things like that if you kind of want to know my feelings on on that kind of stuff i would probably go like go check out my gun gun pixies podcast that i did uh because that kind of goes into what i think is valuable about those aspects of the games in the case of gun gun pixies specifically um you know what i value um when it comes to games that kind of implement sexual elements into their gameplay and and things like that gal gun double piece did not give me the impression that that they they did that particularly well they're more of just using like the sexy elements as a gimmick rather than as something that is um that is integral to the experience as a game kind of thing um that's what matters to me most is you know how does this uh you know how does this apply to a gameplay mechanic the other game announcement i saw that i was kind of interested in was uh utawaru i'm gonna butcher this utawaru Utawaru Mono Dokupan, which um, I will say this. So, so if you don't know, 
there's there's two two things going on here. One, this is a Dokoban Kingdom game. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a board game RPG thing, kind of like Mario Party, where you go around, you fight monsters, you, you, you know, screw over your friends while you're playing the game too, and you get all angry at each other. Uh, it's a fun series of games that have been around for a while, but in the US, there was the PlayStation 2 and Wii game that picked up quite a bit of traction, particularly on the Wii, it picked up quite a bit of traction, became a very popular game and a very high value weed game now, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I get to play it and, and I really enjoyed the Wii game. Uh, so this is a, um, I don't know if you'd say a spinoff or, or something like that, but it is a Utawaru Mono uh, branded Dokapon game. If you're like, what is that Utawaru, no, uh, Utawaru Mono game? Um, I don't believe it's a real video game. <laughs> it's like a series of, I think, strategy RPGs that I, I don't know anybody who plays them and, and I don't know anything about them. They, I feel like there's something going on with that series all the time, but I don't know anything about it. But whatever. I can't tell you anything about that series. Just go look into it, I guess. Go look at the show notes. You'll see the the trailer linked in there. You can copy and paste the spelling of that series. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't believe that series really exists, but it, it does. Um, and so, yeah, it just looks like a Dokopan Kingdom game. I, I don't remember the last time there was a Dokopan Kingdom game. So I think that's probably what's most noteworthy for me is just the fact that there is a Dokopan Kingdom game coming along. Uh, whether this gets localized or not, I don't really know. Again, I think those Otuwara Mono games have been getting localized, but I'm curious how much like appeal a party game version of that would have in the U.S., given it's like a niche RPG series here. Um, but hey, you know, why not? Cool. I hope it comes out. That'd be fun. I hope if it has online play too, I would be definitely down for playing that with some people at some point if that were a thing even though I don't know anything about Utawaru, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. That's it for this week in terms of news. So thanks for coming. So like I said earlier, I rebranded those uh, quick plays to be casual reviews. So if you didn't see it last week, I had my Shining Resonance Refrain casual review go up. So if you want to go listen to me ramble on for eight to 10 minutes about Shining Refrain, uh, you can go do that. Then we have the Jeep Thrills one coming out uh, on Wednesday this week. So so look for that. Um, And then next week, we have the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Elbrick Road featured review i guess you could call it like a like a real review scripted out and everything and properly edited uh coming out the week after that so please look forward to that that's a a new video finally i don't remember the last time we had a video review it might have been a tokadol which is a long time ago Uh, in terms of stream stuff, we finished up The Last Rebellion finally, so that's all good and done. Um, I'll probably do some kind of casual review for Last Rebellion unless something prevents me from doing so. Um, so look out for that, you know, after the Wizard of Oz thing, probably. Um, but yeah, I like The Last Rebellion. I think it probably gets more hate than it probably deserves, uh, but it has a lot of problems. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say it's like the perfect greatest RPG ever. The ending in particular, I found to be a little uh, just kind of like, okay, that sure is an ending. There's some In some ways, I kind of appreciate the ending, to be honest, uh, given that the main character, Nine, does not seem to care about anything. And by the end of that game, still seems to not care about anything. And I can kind of appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah um and then next week we'll be streaming uh hopefully doraemon doraemon 2 animal wakusei densetsu i i looked up what that was translated to at some point and i forget what it's called 
the thing it's like Animal Safari something. I don't know. Um, but that's a Game Boy Doraemon game that we played a little bit on stream uh, about a year ago, I think, at this point. Um, and uh, it seems like it's a pretty short game. So, so we're going to try to go ahead and play through that in a, in a single stream, see how that goes. I've got some GBA games set up aside as a backup if we aren't if we're able to finish the game before the two and a half hour mark. And then the week after that, I think we'll jump into Billy Hatcher at that point and start that game as our next stream game. So yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website. And uh, I forgot if I said earlier, but streaming, I do streaming every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to come check that out, we're on YouTube and Twitch. Um, oh, I changed the Twitch URL to be twitch.tv slash onecontrollerport. So go look that up if you, or go bookmark it, whatever you do. Go, go add that to your RSS feed or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just, just go there. Follow me on Twitch, I guess. Video games. That's it. I'm going to go. I hope you have a great week. Bye.